official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. Good morning, everyone. Um, This is still so strange to me, not being able to see you all, not being able to worship with you all at 60 Lake Street in the film house, talking to you all through a computer. It's very strange. And uh, one of the things I'm grateful for is we've never had a particularly polished Sunday worship gathering. And so we've been working as hard as we can to put together the best Sunday worship gatherings we can online, but we're clearly not producing this out of a studio, right? And so it should come as no surprise that we're still just working out a bunch of kinks when it comes to our Sunday worship gatherings. And I was hoping to share a video with all of you this morning. Well, welcome back to the last part of our online worship experience from St. Peter Parish Church. The last section we call waiting, and it's a great thing to pause in the presence of God and to ask the question, Lord God, what are you saying to us? And then, of course, to wait for an answer. Uh, I've just been pausing uh, between these... Oh dear, I just caught caught fire. (laughs) Oh my word. (laughs) Oh dear, I've just caught fire. Uh, in many ways, I know exactly how he feels. Like Everything is completely new and different and strange. And hopefully we have a little bit of the similar grace that that vicar in Plymouth have to just say, oh dear, I've caught fire. And I'm, I'm sure that for many of you, your lives, including how you're engaging spirituality, it feels foreign and new and different and strange And this can be refreshing, but it also can be terrifying in many ways when the familiar is stripped away. And I just wanted to give you guys a heads up before jumping into an encouragement this morning in John 4. After I'm done sharing an encouragement with you all from John 4, I actually want to open up our live stream to hopefully hear from a handful of you. And so if you have a testimony that you'd like to share with the rest of the church community, I actually want to open up. Uh, the Zoom broadcast, the floor to you. And so uh, this isn't happening now. This is going to happen after uh, a brief sermon. But if you're watching on a computer or a tablet and you have a camera, you have decent internet service, lighting, uh, you'll be able to hop on the broadcast to share your testimony with everyone when the time comes. And so Tasha, when the time comes, she'll share a link uh, to the Zoom broadcast and you'll be able to enter Uh, this broadcast as a viewer, and then one at a time, uh, I'll be able to invite you as individuals to share audio and video with the church so everyone gets to see your face and hear from you, which I'm sure will be a gift to all of us. And, uh, but for now, um, I'd like you to just start thinking about a testimony you'd like to share with the church. It could be something you're learning, how you're growing in the practice of prayer. It could be a, a short scripture verse that's been encouraging you. Um, And I want to invite those of you who want to share your testimony uh, at the end.
but you don't want to hop on the video call broadcast with everyone, if you're willing to, um, just leave your testimony in the comments when that time comes later on. Um, but if you're willing and want to brave the waters of attempting to join the Zoom meeting, um, remember you'll need good internet, lighting, and a camera. Um, I guess I didn't put that you should at least have pajamas on, but Tasha's going to share that link uh, when the time is right. And so I'll share more details on that later. But for now, we're going to be turning to John chapter 4, looking at verses 7 through 26. And so let's read that together. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You're not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Then the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty nor come all the way here to draw. He said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have truly said. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Amen. Amen. What a great passage. Actually, we could preach a whole sermon series on this passage. What an incredibly rich text. I think a church community should consider using a text like that to draw inspiration from. That's a subtle hint, right? Church at the Well. And as Church at the Well, like this is, of course, it's a meaningful text, right? We, who, that informs who we strive to be as a church community in many ways, right? A church that challenges barriers that have been erected between people and God, between people and people, that, that we want to challenge racial barriers and social economic barriers and gender barriers, uh, barriers that, that people put up between people and God and barriers that 
people put up between people and other people. We want to be a church community whose spiritual thirst is quenched in the living water that Jesus provides. And, and we want to be a church community that has honest conversations, right? Conversations that aren't always the easiest, but conversations that move us into more truth, into more healing, into more freedom. But those aren't the things that I want to highlight this morning. I want to highlight briefly something that I think we've always believed in and we've strived to do as a church, but something we have a unique opportunity to grow in as a church community right now. And that's to be a church community um, that is decentralized and still centered. And so if I were preaching today, today's sermon would be called Decentralized and Still Centered. One of the definitions of decentralized is this, to move away from a single administrative center to other locations. So to move away from a single administrative center to other locations. And one of the definitions of centered is to be a place situated in the centered. So Sounds like an oxymoron, decentralized and still centered. How can a church community be decentralized and still centered? Verse 21, Jesus replied, Woman, believe me, there's a time coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Decentralized, right? Verse 23 and 24, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Centered. Decentralized. The church that Jesus is building is decentralized. There's not a geolocation to the church. The church Jesus is building cannot close its doors. I want you to say amen to that right now. The church that Jesus is building is not dependent on the ability to pay the salary of a few select people who are doing ministry, right? Decentralized. But the church that Jesus is building is centralized, and it's centralized on the presence of God. And the presence of God is known and manifest where the name of Jesus is lifted up and exalted. The church that Jesus is building is centered on the spirit of God, which doesn't dwell in a man-made temple or on this mountain or that mountain or at the Google address 60 Lake Street listed in the church's bio description, right? The spirit of God is given as a free gift to the church and it indwells and empowers all Believers, I read this on uh, Twitter last night, and I wanted to share it with all of you briefly. This is from a pastor in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Her name is Ashley Island, and she wrote this on Twitter. I'm reminded of all the times Jesus performed miracles in someone's home. Your home is not disqualified from experiencing the power of God. You might miss your former routine, but don't miss the presence available to you right now under your own roof. Can I get an amen, church? Amen, right? And 
we're in the middle of a peculiar, unique moment in time. And I believe that God wants us to, in some ways, become decentralized, to embrace what many of us have already believed and strive to do in some ways. But now we have an opportunity to grow in, right? We can't rely on the church uh, being a Sunday worship service in a building, We need to hear the call to become the church. And it's a paradox, right? It's a paradox that the answer to become decentralized is in many ways to become centered. So if I were to summarize the immediate opportunity we're facing as a church, it would be this. We have an opportunity right now to become a centered people, a centered community, centered around the person and teachings of Jesus, which means we need to learn and relearn and continue to learn how to be followers of Jesus. And so if we're going to continue to strive to be a centered people and community, we need to continue to strive to be centered individuals. And so we're being forced to become decentralized in many ways, right? Shelter in place, stay-at-home orders, social distancing, quarantine, quarantine, right? But here's the thing. No one can force us to become centered. But I do sense that God's Spirit is leading us to become so. What if we were to engage rhythms as a church community that move us to become a more centered people? What if we were to engage rhythms as individuals that move us to become more centered individuals. What if there were one or two or three rhythms we could engage? Uh, I found myself particularly drawn to the rhythm and practice of prayer during this season. And in some ways, I've been drawn to this practice out of desperation as like a God help me, I need you kind of way. And in other ways, I've been drawn to this practice out of intention, being intentional and moving into prayer. And both of those are okay. And uh, one of the ways I've been striving to become a more centered person is by engaging uh, the practice of prayer in a way that's unique to me. And uh, that's through a morning ritual that I've started called pour over prayer. Uh, So I'm about to get a little bit nerdy with all of you and I'm going to move back and I'm actually going to share the practice with you right now. I'm warming up some water and uh, this is a way of making coffee. Let's see if you can see this here. That's slow. It involves making one cup at a time. And so there's kind of a ritual or routine to it. And uh, normally I grind my coffee fresh right before I brew it, but I ground this up right before our worship today. And earlier in the week, Abby sent out a list to the prayer team. And normally Abby sends out a list where there's a, a a fairly decent sized list of people for the prayer team to pray for or prayer requests and all of that is anonymous, etc. And one thing that has been happening is there's been more prayer requests than normal recently in our church. And so uh, we have been, uh, instead of having everyone pray for everything on the list, Abby's been delegating out people on the list. And so this week, and I have permission to share this, but this week, I was designated prayer for Jack and um, Jana Quayley, and also John, Megan, and Willa Minan. And so 
while I've been doing pour over prayer this week, I've been praying for Jack and Jana and John and Megan and Willa. And actually, I thought it would be, what I found was really cool is that I found that it was helpful to have such a specific and simple uh, amount of people to pray for rather than a huge list. And so if you are willing to share a prayer request in the comment box here on Zoom, feel free to. And then if you're someone else who's willing to pray for that person, just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to pray for you today. And so um, how cool would it be if we could share a prayer request here in the comment box and then one other person could commit to praying for us either today or this week. And so if you have any prayer requests that you feel comfortable sharing uh, in the comment box, uh, I would encourage you to do so. Um, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of an example here. Um, this is a gooseneck kettle. And I have a scale here to make sure that I pour the right amount of water. And so I've been just kind of starting in a little bit of quiet. The bloom is a good time for that. Let's the coffee get ready to be brewed. And I've been asking God, I've been asking God things like this during my pour over prayer time, like, God, I'm, I'm praying for Jack and Jana. I just pray that you would give them courage and strength and energy and faithfulness to weather what they are facing right now, God. And, and I just pray that you would give them uh, the ingenuity and the strength and the resolve to trust you as they figure out what this next season looks like for their small business, God, when they're moving from in-store retail to, to online retail, God, I pray that you'd give them hope and courage in this time. And God, I pray for John and Megan and Willa. I just pray that you'd give peace to their household, God. We just pray for an extra measure of kindness. We pray for an extra measure of patience and grace as they're spending a lot more time at home. And as we all know that uh, when we're in closed quarters, confined spaces with those we love, uh, we know that uh, our patients can run out more quickly than normal. And so we just pray for an extra measure of patience and kindness and grace. And we just pray for their family's shop, that your spirit would just um, show them how uh, to navigate these waters right now, God. And so I've been doing something like that. It's, a, it's just a normal, um, everyday thing that I do, but I've been incorporating it, making it become uh, an opportunity to be formed in prayer. And so um, I want to conclude with just a few questions for you all. I'm just going to continue uh, brewing this as well because I got to hit the right ratio, right? But in a few moments, you're going to have an opportunity to share a testimony or a praise for your life of scripture. And so just get that ready. Um, and uh, you don't have to follow the link because you're already here in Zoom. And so I'm just going to jump right to those questions as we conclude. What's a rhythm or a practice you could engage this week that will move you to becoming more centered and aware of God's presence? And so maybe that's a spiritual practice like prayer, but is there a rhythm or a practice that you already engage in, like on a normal everyday basis, like making coffee, um, that you could actually repurpose to become a time of prayer? And so if it's a walk, a cup of tea or coffee in the morning uh, while washing your hands, I've been saying the Lord's Prayer while washing my hands extra slow to make sure that I hit the 20 seconds, right? Um, could you repurpose making the bed or folding laundry 
into a time of prayer. And I believe this, that as we become centered, becoming decentralized becomes less frightening. And it will become more challenging because when we realize that we're called to be a community, that we're called individually to be dispensing and to be ministers of God's grace and gospel. It's not just a few on salary. We're not just attenders, right? Uh, so it becomes more challenging in that sense, but I believe it's more life-giving, refreshing, rejuvenating as well. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community.